0: What a beautiful day today, huh? We should just have church outside. I have got a big enough voice or a big enough mouth to accomplish that, so we could do that. All right, we've got a bunch of announcements that I want to get through pretty quickly, so if you would, would you take out your worship bulletin and join with me? The prayer team is kicking it into high gear right now. In fact, we started off having a, a prayer meeting at 1030. So if you would like to be a part of praying for our service, praying for the people up here singing, praying for the children and the teachers and, and uh, whoever's preaching or teaching, and all the prayer requests that come in, would you think about coming in at 1030 before church and joining us in the chapel? We've got room for about 20 more people, and we'd love to have you. And I tell you what, like there is something going on in the church right now and in the lives of a lot of people in this church that need prayer. There are some heavy things. So we need people to be on their knees and lifting these things up to God. So I'm asking you to come out at 10:30 beforehand and join us for that prayer. Also, too, Mikey, you want to stand up. Mikey is heading up our prayer team and our prayer prayer ministry. His email And we'll have it in the bulletin next week is nazprayer21 at gmail.com. So nazprayer21 at gmail.com. He's assembled a team, and it's not too late to be a part of that. And you're going to be seeing some different things. Starting next Sunday, over at the Connection Center, which is on my left, as soon as you walk in. If you walk in, it's on the right-hand side. They're going to be taking your prayer requests right there and praying with you. So... Um, you can fill out a card, give it to them. They'll pray with you. They'll, they'll, you can designate whether you want it to be public or if it's kind of more a private prayer that you just want the prayer team to look at. That's how we're going to be taking prayer requests starting next Sunday. So come a little bit early if you have that prayer request or grab Mikey and talk to him and, and we'll be ready for you. So a lot of good things happening. I, I am extremely grateful about that. Now, we're also starting a new ministry. And uh, Emma's the one who, I love this, all right? Listen, if God is laying something on your heart to start a new ministry, all right, come talk to me. All right, and let's do it. So, Emma, do you want to tell them about the new ministry that's starting out?
1: Um, So it's called Gracious Gifts, and it's on um, Facebook. Just type in Gracious Gifts. Um, What it is is a place where you can donate anything in your house or Clothing, Um, you can just post your own pictures on there um, to give away instead of taking them to Goodwill or something. We're gonna, this is just a safe place where you can post them. And then if you know someone in need, you can invite them to join as well, Um, or you know, you can make arrangements for them. But um, yeah, you're this isn't a place to sell, this is just donations. So whatever you want to get rid of that is in. Really good shape still. We don't want junk. <laughs> no offense, but um, just stuff that you would want to receive yourself, you know. Um, so this is a place to do that. If you have any questions, you can ask me or Facebook me.
0: Yeah, so if you have something that, you know, I'm not using this. that I could really bless somebody with this. Um, join that group. Just search for Gracious Gifts. Find it, and then you can post a picture and a way to contact you. Uh, and do that that way. So I'm excited to see where God takes this. Uh, those of you interested in membership, I know I have three people that I've been talking to that are interested in the next membership class. I'm going to have a quick meeting after the service um, just to talk about when we can meet. So uh, those three people, if anybody else is interested in membership, if you've got some questions, about what it means to be a part of the Church of Nazarene, and you're like, uh, you know, are you a cult? Are you, what are you? You know, whatever that is, stay after and talk to me. We'll do that in the teen room right outside these doors right here uh, down there. So if you're interested in membership, make sure you stay after so we can talk about when we're going to meet. Cleanup day, May 15th. I told you last week that if you are a member of this church, I expect you to be a part of that in some way or form. Unless you have a walker. I saw Joan in here with a walker. Yeah, we're going to give her a pass. physical If there are physical limitations, we understand that. But if you can be a part of that, we expect you to take something on. If you're not a member and you're just freeloading right now, We expect you to be a part of that as well. So would you consider doing that? We'll have a list next week. If you can't make it on that Saturday, maybe you can make it after work or before work during the week. We can schedule that as well. So we'd love for you to be a part of that. We've got some things that we need to do. All right. Uh, We passed out some nomination forms, and and we wanted to know if you would be a part of uh, some things to some certain people. If you have those, I really need those as soon as possible if you've got any questions, I know somebody said that they have some questions about something. Yeah, hit me up. But we need those nominations forms back so that we can be ready for our church vote. Um, we are a church that believes in uh, a council to lead us and um, a board that we do that. We have boards for different ministries and then a lot of committees and everything like that. Um, because we want you to know that you are this church. It's not just the pastor. It's not just one person. It, really, it's all of us combined using our talents and our gifts together. So I I pray that you would consider doing that and get me that information back. All right, I think that's it. Would you stand with me as we pray? Or get in whatever position that you want to give God glory and honor, right? If standing's not it, if you're comfortable kneeling, if you want to come up to the altars, if you just want to sit down, because of uh, health conditions or anything like that. What's most important is the posture of your heart, right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the ability to gather. Lord, we're excited about what you're calling us to do here. And Father, we need your direction. Lord, we don't need a pastor, a uh, to lead us. We need you to lead us. We need your word to lead us. Lord, we just need to be faithful and obedient with what you call us to do. So Lord, I pray that you would not just call uh, one person or two people. I pray that you would call everybody in here to something, to some direction. Lord, whether it's talking to their friends or their family who don't know you, whether it's being that light in the darkness, whether it's starting a new ministry. Father, you give us those passions. You lay those things down at your uh, light, those things on our hearts. Lord, help us to just follow through with them. Even if it's scary, even if we don't know what to say or how to do it, Lord, would you help us just to try and move forward with that? Father, I give you this time. Lord, we give you this time. Move as you will. Lord, I pray that you would, you would speak mightily through the praise and worship team. I pray that they would lead us into your presence. Lord, I know that there are some heavy things going on today. And Father, they're going to they're gonna take over our minds. But Lord, we give them to you right now. And we ask you to just help us to focus in on you. Lord, you are the way maker. You are the mountain mover, Father. And we, we give you all praise and honor, Lord. Besides the praise team, would you help the sound team? Would you help everything to run smoothly? Uh, somebody said, prayed, please don't let there be any gremlins, Lord. We, we echo that. Father, I pray that our internet would be strong. I pray that the people watching online would know that we love them. Even though they're not here, they're still with us. We care about them. We're here for them. If they need anything, Father, give them them the ability to reach out to us. Don't let pride get in the way or anything like that. And I say that for everybody in here. Father, help us to to be people that share each other's burdens and and lift each other up. Lord, I I, I pray for the the, uh, children's workers and the time that we're going to have with our children. Lord, I pray that you would use these teachers mightily to speak truth to these kids. Lord, and I pray that there would be a calmness and a respect and that Your Word would be communicated to these young people. Lord, I I pray that our kids would understand how much we love them and how we're looking to them for the future, Lord. Father, again, we just give You all praise and honor and glory. In Your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
2: Sin and darkness, whose love is mighty and so much stronger. The King of Glory, the King above all kings, who shakes the whole. Who makes the orphan, a son and daughter The King of glory, the King of glory Who rules the nations with truth and justice Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance The King of glory, the King above all kings This is amazing grace my cross, you laid down your life, that I would be set free, oh Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. sing for Yeah. name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Death could not hold you, the veil torn before silence the boasts of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and for What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus So we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your breath in our love.
0: Joshua 6. I tell you what, every time before praise and worship, I am like, I'm not going to sing hard because I want to save my voice so I can preach and not lose it. And every time I ended up singing hard. If if you are a person that cannot sing, you should be up in the front row. That way you are sparing the people in front of you from that. That's why I sit up in the front row because they have monitors. They're not going to hear you and there's nobody else in front of me. So just just a little public service announcement about that. But we're going to be in Joshua chapter 6, finishing up this sermon series that we're doing on the defining moments of Joshua's life. We're also going to be in Hebrews 11, and I want to start with a verse there uh, in Hebrews 11, and it just says very simply, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You cannot please God without faith. And I see people right now who are walking by faith. And this this is what this sermon series has been about week after week. And they are up against it right now. They are walking by faith. They are up against it. And they need our prayers. They need people to come alongside them and be with them and so if you're one of those people if you're up against it i pray that god's word speaks mightily to you i pray that the holy spirit reveals things to you today we want to be people of faith right because we want to please god we do we're grateful for what he's done for us and we want to be pleasing to him we don't want to just sing praises right that's good but well, we want to live a life of praise. We want to live a life of faith. I'm not sure we always understand what faith is, though, and have a, good, a really good grasp on it. There are a lot of different ways that maybe people tend to think of that word. Maybe people think of it as a belief. Well, I believe God is real. That makes me a person of faith. But the Bible says even the demons believe, right? So it's, it's more than that it's more than just believing that god exists and he's real that doesn't necessarily make you a person of faith and sometimes people use the word faith as if it's god granting our wishes right i'm just going to believe that god is going to do what i want him to do right and if i believe enough then god will do that that that's very scary. That's kind of more of an American Christianity, more than a biblical Christianity. So we need to be careful there. That's not how the Bible talks about faith. Sometimes we, we think of faith as just this dramatic moment where we take the leap, right? We take the leap into the Jordan River like we talked about, and we, we imagine demonstrating this great faith at a certain time where, where people can point to us and say, wow, that's, that's faith. That can happen, but what we find out in Scripture is that faith that pleases God is often a daily, step-by-step kind of faith. It's a faithfulness that sometimes people don't notice, right? People don't even see. It doesn't necessarily draw a lot of attention to itself. And here's what we're going to see as we study Joshua chapter 6. Is the kind of faith that pleases God is a a faith that just keeps taking the next step, that keeps walking, the next step of obedience. The Bible says in, in Hebrews 11, the same chapter where we just read that other verse, it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. And then it says, by the faith the walls of Jericho fell. By faith they fell after the army had walked around it for seven days. And so the story that we're going to be studying here in the next few minutes, Joshua chapter 6, after 40 years of wandering in the desert, right, in the wilderness, God brought his people through the Jordan River. That's what we talked about yesterday. And they land on the front door of the promised land. The place where they land, they're right in front of a city called Jericho. And Jericho is a city that is surrounded by giant Walls. That's what it was known for. In fact, the name Jericho literally means a place of concealment, concealment behind walls. So they came up to the city, and all they can see are these walls. These these walls are, are 30 feet tall, 12 to 15 feet wide, and that's just the outer wall. Then there's 15 to 20 feet past that outer wall and there's another inner wall that's 30 feet tall 15 feet wide so there's one wall you get past that and guess what you have another wall that you're going to have to get by and that's what they face that's what they come to god has promised this to them right god has promised him this land them this land but here this part's surrounded by walls now, here's what I want us to do. I want us to just take a minute and maybe identify something in your life that God has for you, but is surrounded by a wall. It's walled off. And we've got to be careful with this, right? Because sometimes what happens when we think this way or in an exercise this, it, we don't necessarily think about what God has for us or what God wants but instead, what we want, right? We might put in a boat here, or a Corvette, or a, or a million Instagram followers, or a two-story horse, right? <laughs> if you remember that one? But what's in here? It's not what you want. It's what God wants for you. So it's peace, right? It's living with hope and joy in the midst of any circumstance. It's being a part of changing somebody's life forever. It's introducing them to Jesus Christ and having Jesus Christ turn their life upside down forever. Amen? Amen. It's living in community with other people, with a church family, and not being lonely. It's living with the promise of eternity. So what does God want for you? And what are the walls that keep that from happening? Some, for some of you, the walls are walls that have been built by other people and things that they've done to you, right? Or things that they've kept from you. Because of this, you have this wall of bitterness. And maybe you can get rid of, past the wall of bitterness, but then there's a wall of anger, right? And these are just tall, thick walls. And that gets transferred onto God because why would He have left this, let this happen to you? And so God has these things for you, but there's a bitterness and anger that gets in the way, and you can't seem to get over them. For others of you, these are walls that you've put up in place by something you've done. You've built them. And because of that, you have the wall of guilt. right? And if somehow you can get past the wall of guilt, then you have a wall of shame. For some of you, maybe it's a a wall of anxiety. And you get past that, and it's a wall of stress. For probably the majority of us, we have a wall of pride. That's up there. These are the walls that surround us and prevent us from getting for what God wants for our lives. And we keep trying to tear them down, but we're not always having a lot of luck. Where do we find the strength? Where do we find the courage to get past these walls, to get past that? Where do we look? That's what we want to look at today. Joshua 6.1 says, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. Why would they be afraid of the Israelites? These are the people that have been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. And they're in a city that's secured by these giant walls. Why would they be afraid of the Israelites? I think somebody came and told them, hey, you're not going to believe this but the the Jordan River just dried up and the Israelites were able to walk on through past that. At a time when it's at flood stage, when they shouldn't be able to get across the Jordan River, somehow they were able to. And I think as soon as they heard that, they said, lock it up. Let's close the doors. They're scared and afraid. The Bible goes on to say, nobody was allowed in and nobody was allowed out. Another account says those doors and gates were securely barred. This sounds familiar if you look at the the story of Israel up into this. If you look at the history of the exodus out of slavery, right? Time and time again, God is kicking down doors and making a way. Doors that seemed impossible to open. So what doors and what walls stand before you? Impossible ones, ones where you don't see a way over or through. What are they to God? So these walls are massive. The gates are secure. But in verse 2, it says, But the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. God says, see, see. What does Joshua see? He sees big walls, right? That's what Joshua sees. Big, wide walls surrounding Jericho. And, then, and this is where faith comes in. This is the faith that pleases God. It's a faith that sees a wall from where God sits rather than where you stand. A faith that pleases God Sees walls from where God sits rather than where you are standing. And from God's point of view, from God's perspective, those walls do not seem very big, right? Isaiah 66, 1 says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. This is, of course, a metaphorical language. Like, I don't see God literally sitting on heaven and propping His feet up on the earth. But it tells us something. It tells us something about how great our God is. We just sang about that, right? It tells us about the bigness and the vastness of God. The earth is his footstool. And these walls are not very big from his perspective. And so, faith that pleases God looks at things from his perspective rather than where we stand. That's hard though when you're staring at those huge walls it's intentional my friends it's intentional you have to try and look at things from God's perspective and not just our own do you do that I know I struggle at times looking at the big walls from my own what can I do what am I able to do you have to intentionally put on the lens of faith we talked about that two weeks ago Do you do that? God tells Joshua, See, I have given Jericho its king and all of its strong warriors. See, I have given Jericho. Not going to give. Have given. Past tense. Remember when God was talking about the promised land? He told him, I have given you this land. Go check it out. And here again, I have given Jericho to you. We can't talk this way, right? Like I can't go to my bosses. I can't go to the council and say tomorrow, you know, hey, thank you for that big raise that you gave me, right? It does not work that way, but God can. Because God exists throughout time. He knows what's going to happen. If God says it, we can put our confidence in it. What are the promises in the Bible that you can latch on to? What do you do, though, when what you see is different than what God has said? What do you do when what you see is different from what God has said? This had to be experienced for Joshua. He hears God is saying this, But what he sees is far different than what God has said. In these moments, this is where we experience tension. Right? That tension. Yeah, you said this, but I see something different. I see something that does not make sense. Like I know that you see, but God has said, Hey, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There is a promise from God. I know what you see, but God has said, I will work things out together for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purposes. I know you may see the big walls, right? But God has said, don't grow weary in doing good. At the right time, you will reap a harvest if you don't Give up. Don't give up. It takes faith to put your confidence in what God has said over what you see, over what's in front of you, over those walls, over those mountains, over that diagnosis, over what other people say. It takes faith to put your confidence in what God has said. But do it. Don't give up. Hebrews 11 also says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. So God gives them the instructions for battle. Now, think about this. Put yourself in Joshua's feet here for a minute, sandals. Remember, Joshua experienced warrior. He's been through some battles. He knows what he's doing. He's led them, right? He spent 40 years wandering in the desert, Thinking about this very day. He's been through this land. He knows what they're up against. What are you going to be doing if you're spending 40 years waiting to get into the promised land? You're going to be planning, right? You're going to come up with a plan. If Joshua is a leader, which we know he is, he's got a plan for this day. He's got a plan for what to do to Jericho, right? He knows the people that he's going to use, he knows how he's going to do it. He's got it all set up, right? But then God. Gives him a plan and by man's eyes it's not a very good plan right it seems a little bit weird verse 3 says you are you and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days well God I don't know about that right that's interesting Uh, Maybe how about we do it one day? You know, it would be a good time to get some reconnaissance in. We can use it for that, get a little surveillance. But I don't know about doing it for six days, right? If we do that, we're going to be vulnerable to the people on the wall, right? What might they do to us? We're going to be exposed. The the warriors on the wall will probably be able to, to pick us off. But God goes on to say, seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. Okay, so we're going to bring the priests with. All right. Another thing that, in my mind, or probably in Joshua's mind, I don't know if that sounds like such a, a good idea. I mean, the priests are good guys, right? But they're not warriors. And they're going to be carrying horns. I don't know if we really need a trumpet section for this, right? <laughs> Nothing personal about the priests. But I just don't know about this. Each one will carry a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing their horns. I'm assuming that to Joshua, this this has him scratching his head a little bit. Verse 5, when you hear the priests give one long, long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight, into that town yeah god that doesn't make sense to me right the walls will collapse and somehow after they collapse we're just going to be able to run right in straight in i mean it seems like there's going to be a big pile of bricks there if they collapse i don't see how that is going to work but do you know that archaeologists have found this the town of jericho And they found that the walls collapsed in such a way to create ramps around the town that the people could have ran right into there. Ramps, collapsed walls, except for in one area. I don't have time to really go into this, but do you remember the story of Rahab, right? The Israelites told Rahab, Hey, grab your family and go into your house and stay in your house. Where was her house? Ah, The outer wall, right? Yeah, there's one section of wall they they found intact with houses attached to it. Coincidence? No, I guarantee you that's where Rahab and her family was, right? Back to this, though. In the next verse, Joshua relays the battle plan to his army. I'm I'm sure (laughs) that must have gone over well. We're going to look at that in a moment, but I just want you to take a second to recognize the kind of faith that pleases God. It's the kind of faith that follows His plan, even when it's not what you would prefer. And that's often how it is, right? That doesn't make sense to me. I don't want to do that. The kind of faith that pleases God, though, goes along with that plan. It's the kind of faith that is demonstrated in obedience even when we're asked to do something that we don't necessarily want to do or agree with. I want you to forgive somebody. I want you to love your enemy. Do you know what they've done to me, though, Lord? I can't do that. Yeah, I know what they've done, but I also know the bitterness and the anger that you're holding on to that is sucking you dry. Will you trust the plan? Will you trust the Word of God? I don't know, Lord. It's not just it's not faith that you just do everything that you want to do. When things line up with what God asks you to do. That's not faith. Faith is obeying God. It's following his plan even when it doesn't make sense. I think Joshua must have felt like this, like he was being asked to do something with the wrong tools, right? God gives him seven priests and some ram's horn. And what I'm thinking he needs are battering rams and 30-foot ladders, right? But God's plan is different than what Joshua could have even imagined. Why is that not true for us too today? It is. And so he has this decision to make. Am I going to put my faith in what God has planned, or or am I going to put my faith in my plan that I've been putting together for the last four decades? What do you do? What would you do? So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the ark of the Lord of the covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave the orders to the people. March around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. And the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with the horns and some behind the ark, with the priests continually blowing the horns. Check this out, though do not shout do not even talk joshua commanded not a single word from any of you until i tell you to shout then shout i wonder why he told them to be quiet right i read this i don't see this in god's instructions god didn't tell him to tell them that that's all joshua so why does joshua say this hey Also, shut up, right, while you're doing this. Why does he say that? I think part of it was he just didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, he's been traveling around with these people and he does not want to hear it. He knows as soon as he finishes talking to them, the emails are going to come in, right? Like, that's the stupidest plan I've ever heard, Joshua. That's not the way I would do it. Have you ever thought about this? Right? Or why did the priests get to go and we don't? You know, uh, why can't this group of people go? It's not fair. Why aren't these people included? Maybe he just doesn't want to hear it. I think probably it has more the fact to do, though, that Jericho would likely be mocking and ridiculing the people as they went around probably every step of the way it's going to look ridiculous right and joshua knew that knew that he knows his warriors he knows that as they're marching they're going to be saying things to these people and the warriors are going to want to say things back to them and it's just not going to go well so he's like don't say anything just keep marching The people in Jericho not only had these impressive walls, but they found that they had a spring of water that they could get water from, and they found this place, and they found stores of food. They estimate with the the water that they had and the stores of food that they had that they could have lived out there inside those walls for over two years. Yeah, it's going to look ridiculous. Don't get into it with them, right? When you're starting to walk by faith and your family members come to you and your friends and the people that shouldn't be saying this tell you what you're doing is crazy, don't even get into it with them. Don't talk to them. Focus on what God has called you to do. Verse 11, So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with their ram's horn marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing their horns. Again, the the armed men marched both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. At this time, the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. They followed this pattern for six days. They followed this what? Pattern. Right? What was the pattern? Was really walking around in a circle. Right? Every day walking around in a circle. Sometimes faith is walking in circles, or at least that's what it feels like. Right? Sometimes it just feels like. You're walking in a circle. Some of you are doing this in your marriage, right? Like you're fighting for your marriage. Everyone else is shouting at you, be done with it. Done, just give up. right? You don't feel like you're getting any traction in what you're doing. It just doesn't feel like you're making any progress. It just feels like you're walking in a circle. Keep going. That's what faith looks like sometimes. But faith... Let me put it this way. Faith that pleases God keeps walking even when walking doesn't feel like it's working. Right? And about the moment that you don't think it's working is the moment that God breaks through and does something amazing. Something that you didn't expect in a way that you couldn't have imagined. Keep walking. Verse 15. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. By this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout! For the Lord has given you the town. And the walls came tumbling down. What I love about this is Joshua gets his verb tense wrong. Right? He's doing the same thing that God did earlier. He's talking about something that hasn't happened as if it already has happened. Right? Shout, for the Lord has given you this town. Most of you know the story, or at least a little bit, or you remember bits and pieces of it. The Battle of Jericho, you probably heard it in Sunday school about the walls come tumbling down. Like you remember the parts maybe from growing up, right? That's Joshua chapter 6. But there's a part before it, there's a moment that happens before Joshua chapter 6 that very few people pay attention to and even probably know about happens at the end of chapter 5. Remember, when the Bible was written, there were no chapter breaks. We added the chapter breaks after that. So when this text was written, this part of this text would have been included in this story. The section that we're going to be looking at is in 5.13. So 5.13 starts off, When Joshua was near the town of Jericho. The word near there means up against. And I think what you have is Joshua probably at night scouting things up, sneaking up, looking at the walls and seeing what he's up against. What are you up against? Then it says, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. (laughs) What's Joshua do? He says, he goes up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe? I love that about Joshua. Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. Notice Joshua's response. At this time, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. I imagine that Joshua popped off those sandals super fast. Do you remember? Do you remember a story like this? I know he's heard this story from his mentor, Moses, who told him about a similar scene in life where he popped off his sandals, right? And the God of the universe spoke to him through a bush. Who is this talking to Joshua? Some people believe it's just an angel. A commander of the Lord's army. There are a lot of other people who believe it's somebody else. Why? Well, the person in the Scripture allows Joshua to bow down before him in worship and reverence. Every time that a human bows down before an angel in Scripture and tries to worship that angel, you know what the HL says? Don't do that. Get up. Right? Don't worship me. I'm not God. And then you read that Joshua calls him Lord. He receives that. Most theologians believe that this is actually Jesus Christ incarnate himself. And it's an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. There are other such appearances that we know about. This is a physical manifestation of Jesus. And Joshua asks him, whose side are you on? And he says, neither. Which sounds like Jesus, right? That's something what Jesus would say. And we know it's not whether or not he's on your side. It's whether or not you're on his side, right? Right? And so Joshua does what we should do. He falls down in worship, and he fully surrenders. What do you want me to do? That's the posture that we have to take. What do you want your servant to do? Worship and surrender. And in doing this, he finds a strength and courage that is not from himself to stay the course, to follow the plan that seems a little bit crazy, right? Here's a big takeaway that some of you need to hear, I need to hear, because you're struggling with being obedient to what God is calling you to do. You're struggling with being obedient to continuing down this path that you've started on, this walk of faith, right? Strength and courage come from spending time with Jesus, spending time in his presence it comes from worship and surrendering your will to his this is huge you you cannot miss this right being in his presence and worshiping changes your perspective it changes the size of the wall those huge walls when you're worshiping the creator of the universe. When you're in his presence, when you're looking at it from his perspective, those walls shrink. The earth is God's footstool. These walls are tiny. Surrender because God's going to ask you to probably do something that goes against what you want to do. And this is the place where a lot of times people say, no, I'm not going down that path. You start off with worship, though, and praise and spending time in his presence. It will make the surrender part a lot easier. And when you surrender and you truly start to walk by faith, God is faithful. Amen? I know some of you are near Jericho, right? You're up against the wall. Huge things that you're dealing with. Maybe a first wall, but then you got a second wall. I want to give you an opportunity to kneel down in God's presence and just pray about it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to open up this time. Daniel, I want you to come forward, and I want us to, to lay hands on you and pray for you. Listen, you want to come forward. you got something private. You don't have to tell us what it's about right? Some of us, we know what these things are. I'm hoping that you will surrender your pride and allow your church family to get behind you and just lay some hands on you and share this burden. You want to tell us what the burden is? That's awesome. You don't want to tell us what the burden is? That's fine. We'll pray for you. God knows it, all right? But if you're up against the wall, maybe you're having problems in your marriage, Maybe you're having problems with finances. Maybe you're having problems with a relationship. Maybe you just want to go in proxy of somebody else, somebody else that you know is really struggling with something. Would you do that? Would you just come down right now and just kneel down before the God of the universe and allow some brothers and sisters to come up behind you and pray for you? I'm going to give you a minute, but now's the time to come. If you can't kneel down, you want to raise your hand where you're at, or if you want to come up to the front rows, there's somebody here already, but if you want to come up and just get comfortable where you can, that's fine too, all right? But now's the time. What walls need to come down? Debt, anxiety, fear? My friends, what's the enemy robbing you of? peace, hope, a family member? What do you need God's direction for in your life? Would you come now? If you'd like us to pray for you about anything, now's the time. And when you see somebody come, if you want to pray and lift somebody up, now's the time to just be there for them and And let them know that you're 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 thinking about them and you're with them. You're behind them. Give you a couple more moments, but now's the time to come. And please jump behind somebody too if you see them up here and pray for them. All right? Let's pray. Father, I think for today. Lord, I know the, the situations in here and I know the people that are struggling with things and, and need Your direction and how to get past these walls. They've tried. Maybe they're, they're struggling with some kind of secret sin in their life. They've tried to get past it, but they cannot get over this wall. Maybe they just have a ton of anxiety in their life right now and they can't seem to get a good night's sleep. Maybe it's their, they have a loved one who's facing death whatever that thing is that stands in front of him whatever that wall is whatever that mountain is would you remind him of your promises to never leave them nor forsake them would you give them a different perspective on these walls on these things that they're dealing with lord would you help them to see these things through a lens of faith Lord, would you move in their lives? Father, I pray that right now would be a time of of praise and worship, that they would worship the mountain mover, the way maker, that they would entrust whatever they're dealing with to you. And Father, help us to be the church. Help us to be your hands and feet. Let them know that they can come to their brothers and sisters with anything and that we're here for them. And help us to do this not for just people in here, but the people that we come into contact this throughout this week, throughout this month, throughout this year. Help us to be your ambassadors to them and to love on them and to care for them. Father, whatever things are standing before you, we give them to you. Lord, our will is that you knock them down. Father, call them to a path. Lord, let your will be done. Father, we love you, and we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. Next Sunday, Mother's Day, right? Moms, we're looking forward to honoring you and and thanking God for you. And the, the moms who aren't moms, that are moms, you as well. Amen? Amen.